Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Austin's all sports leader, the, the, the Horn. Wake him up. Yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better get him up, get him going. It is 15 August, back to school. First day for Round Rock, Pflugerville, Hayes, San Marcos, Dripping Springs, getting to Luli. Get those backpacks ready. Get in the car line. Let's get it. It's day one of 2023 in the foot, the, uh, School year, football season in 18 days from now. High school football season sooner than that, and we've got a lot to do. It is Austin's only local morning sports conversation, five hours, five days a week here on the Horn. Appreciate you finding us, whoever you do. Maybe it's on uh, hornfm.com, and you're watching on our Twitch channel, VR. We've got a new camera angle for yours truly, which is good. Now looking down on me, it's always been looking up at me on Twitch. You can always watch the show for five hours a day at hornfm.com. Also, of course, on the Horn app. On AM 1260 and 101.9 FM, it is your sports conversation, the only one in Central Texas. And we're excited to launch this thing on the first day of school, first week of school all over Central Texas. That means traffic will increase and uh, people will get cranked up back into their routine and normalcy, which is a good thing with the football season right around the corner. Uh, Look who it is across the desk. He is our shutdown corner five hours each day, five days a week here on Ian Rod B from DB High and DBU. A lifetime Longhorn was number 21 in his uniform and in your program, but always number one in your heart. 16 years of fixture on radio here in the ATX. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, Rod B? Uh, I'm doing great, brother. I appreciate the intro as always. Feeling good, man. I'm starting to get used to the morning. Are starting you? To get used Are to, you? I'm just now starting to get in the groove a little bit where I have a natural clock. I don't I, I, I don't really set my alarm. My, mom, my wife gets upset with me uh, that I don't set an alarm because I kind of, I, I guess I'm walking the line. But I get up naturally. Got a good natural alarm clock. I don't want to mess with that. So now I, I got up today at like 3.38. Dang. 3.40. No, no, that's good. That's my body already starting to get used to getting up in the morning. All right? So I, I my, my, once my body gets into the natural kind of wake-up stage, my natural alarm, that means I'm ready to go. I'm in yeah. the groove, baby. Seventh show groove. with Ian Rod V together mm-hmm. with uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. How are, How was your first weekend? Did you... Tend to sleep in more on the weekends, or are you waking up and no, uh, cranking no, things? No, yeah, no, no, no. I don't sleep a... anymore. I guess that's <laughs> I'm old, I'm an old man now, man. Once you're in your forties, like what's sleeping in? What's sleeping in? Like well, eight, eight, yeah, eight, eight's late. Sleeping in, like oh, exactly, <laughs> eight's late, exactly. So maybe I slept in to like seven. Yeah. That's sleeping in when you're an well, old man. Uh, sometimes now I'm able to wait. I'll wake up always uh, to go to the restroom or whatnot, but then can, can sometimes go back to bed on the weekends. If there's no, I've never gone back to happening, bed. But, uh, I've been going back to bed in 20 years. <laughs> I've, I don't even know. My wife loves to go back to bed. I haven't gone back to bed in 20 years, dude. Once I'm up, 
You're I'm up. up. Well, I love yeah. that. Well, and your uh, your wife is about to have y'all's first child, so that'll be in now, October. All this might change when the kid comes. <laughs> I might no, be going back to you're, like, you're built to be the perfect dad, right? Your brother, you know, your, your wife can get some sleep, and you'll be the one up with the baby and whatnot as that thing happens. Uh, you're right, baby. That, that's the that case. Life changing what... moment is coming your way in the next couple of months. October. Yeah, you're right about that. Maybe so. Yeah, I think it sounds like you're built. Uh, Ty Henderson, our producer through the glass, built for uh, what he does, which is produce our show each and every morning for five hours, five days a week. Ty, how are we doing? We're pretty good? Cranking it up? Yeah. No, feeling good. Big Rangers win last night. Bats Big alive. Rangers win. Mark, oh, Max Scherzer uh, getting her done. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about some baseball, Rangers and Astros. I'll get you coming up in our uh, Just the Facts segment at the end of the hour. Rangers have a three-and-a-half game lead now on the Astros. But, man, if you look at the schedules the rest of the way, Astros in a favorable position. We'll let you know about that in the Facts uh, at the end of the hour. Also, we'll get into all the headlines. Let's start with that. Get you caught up. Plenty of news this morning. It's a busy Tuesday morning. Like to so make sure you're fully aware as you're getting up, getting out, first day of school. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We start with Texas football. We're now 18 days to the start of the Longhorn season, 2023. Longhorns land at number 11 in the preseason AP Top 25 poll released yesterday. Marks the program's highest ranking in the initial poll in the AP since 2019. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, your top three. Followed by the Longhorns' Week 2 opponent at Alabama at four. LSU rounds out the top five. Texas, the highest-ranked Big 12 team in the AP poll, followed by the defending league champs at K-State. They're at number 16. TCU at 17, Oklahoma at 20, long-time and future rivals, Texas A&M slotted at 23. After yesterday afternoon's practice in the Texas heat that followed Saturday morning's first full-squad training camp scrimmage, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian met with the media, said he's thrilled the team has remained mostly injury-free so far. Also asked about the improvement from former Bastrop Cedar Creek senior defensive lineman Alfred Collins. I think Alfred has been had a great training camp. Um, very, very impressive. You know, for a big man, he's extremely athletic and powerful. One of the things, and you can go back to old press conferences of mine, when I, when I referenced Alfred, I used to talk about consistency, like we're talking about now, about, you know, he, if he can stay consistent, he's a dominant player, and that was always been a little bit of a struggle. Well, he's found consistency now. Certainly has. Much more from Coach Sark coming up throughout the morning here on Ian Rod B. Also go behind the bird orange curtain coming up in the NFL. Big news from Cowboys camp. All-pro right guard Zach Martin has agreed to a restructured deal. It's going to guarantee him $36 million over the next two seasons. It'll put end to his holdout. Face-to-face meeting with Cowboys owner and GM Jerry Jones prior to the team's preseason game with Jacksonville this past weekend. Helped break the impasse with the future Hall of Famer. He'll be in camp. Starting today. Also yesterday, former Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott agreed to a new one-year deal with the New England Patriots, reportedly worth up to $6 million. And in New York, the Jets have agreed to a deal with free agent running back Dalvin Cook. That's a one-year deal as well, worth up to $7 million. Tragic news involving former NFL running back as well. Official word from the Broward County Sheriff's Office that former, Arcan- former Arkansas running back and NFL running back Alex Collins was killed in a motorcycle crash in Lauderdale Lakes, Lauderdale Lakes Florida this past Sunday night. He was only 28 years old. Major League Baseball first place Rangers extend their lead over the Astros atop the AL West to three and a half games after they pound the Angels last night 12-0 in Arlington. Max Scherzer allowed only an infield single and a walk. Struck out a season high 11 over seven dominant frames. He records his third win in as many starts as a Ranger. Houston dropped their series opener to Miami 
five to one in Tampa. The Rays and their star shortstop Wander Franco have agreed to mutually be, uh, put the 22-year-old shortstop on the league's restricted list. While the club and Major League Baseball investigate allegations made against Franco on all on social media over the weekend, he will be on that restricted list at least through the team's current six-game road trip. And in soccer, Women's World Cup down under Spain has advanced to the World Cup final with a two-to-one thrilling win over Sweden last night on a goal in the match's 90th minute. They will meet the winner of today's Australia-England match in Sunday's final. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Texas 11th in the AP poll. Um, what were they, 12th in the coaches poll? 12th in the coaches 12th poll. 12th in the coaches poll. So basically all the polls and even the Big 12 preseason media poll, Texas picked to be the best team in the Big 12. It's that simple. Yeah. But they're not the best team in the Big Twelve by the end of the season. They underachieved. See, we know that we know the we know the standard, and now we know what the expectations are. They're clear. Yeah, very best clear. team in the Big Twelve. If you're not that, you underachieved. If you're not even competing for that title, failure, failure. Now you, yeah. <laughs> it's the Cowboys. To me, the the Cowboys also have a very similar situation where it's clear what the expectation is. Get past the divisional round. You can win 14 games in the regular season. If you don't get past the divisional round, it will be seen as a disappointment. Yeah, and it's I just think uh, you know we're it's perfect timing with this poll being released yesterday, one week after the coaches' poll was out. And again, it's all the talking season and speculation and of who course. we think is going to be good. But you're right. I mean, it's uh, same as the coaches' poll. One one spot behind or ahead of it, highest ranking since 2019, and it's. The all gas, no excuses year. It's time to mm-hmm. to get her done. And the the players and coaches, we're from Steve Sarkeesian coming up. They're not you know backing away from that at all or shying back. They're embracing uh, that opportunity to go win a Big Twelve championship in their final year. Um, and that's 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 the goal without a doubt. And I think you're right on with the Cowboys comparison. They had to you know that's why Mike McCarthy has taken over play calling. Mm-hmm. The moves no that have been made, the uh, you know the additions of. Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks through you know, bringing veteran players through trades to go to a pretty to load to join a pretty good roster. Yeah, uh, Mike McCarthy's probably like, "Hey, we need to sign Zach Martin now." Yeah, well, we said that yesterday. <laughs> this is my, my butt's on the line here. I need you to sign him today, yeah, not like what, yesterday. We get it done. Yeah, that's what we said yesterday. Was you know, if you watch the Cowboys against Jacksonville Saturday night, there's not a lot to glean from a preseason game, but you can glean their backup line was terrible. Mm-hmm. That 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 second level of their offensive line is not good. And yes, Mike, that that's all the leverage that, you know, that Zach Martin needed. <laughs> hey, do you know we're in a division with uh, the Eagles that have like a thousand defensive linemen, including Jalen Carter, Washington, out of Georgia, whose D line is pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, Payne, Giants, Jonathan D-line Allen, and, and Payne, and then and uh, the Giants D line with with Big Dexter Lawrence. He, you better lock this thing up. I mean, Figure this is uh, this is gonna this season will come at you quick. You need and and it's probably you know leverage was in, in Zach Martin's favor. We'll talk more about that coming up, but. You know, he gets into camp, get his legs under him. He'll be ready to go for the start of the Cowboys football season. But the Longhorns, I know we're going to go behind the BOC here coming up, but uh, I think you're exactly right that uh, failure, if they're not in Arlington in early December, it's an absolute failure of a season for the Longhorns. No matter the, you know, every team's going to take injuries. You know, there's going to be things mm-hmm. that are unforeseen. Same time, this this roster too talented, um, you know, at, at each position, checks too many boxes that this team should be playing for that championship. And I think a lot of people would say they should win the championship. And if they do, if you look at the AP poll out yesterday, Rod, I mean, it's, as we've said over and over again, there's no other Big 12 team ahead of them. You know, there are three SEC teams in the top five. There are three Big Big 10 teams in the top seven. 
Uh, you know, even a team like USC, who's sitting up there at number six, they've got Washington, mm-hmm. and, you know, even ahead of Texas at 10. The Longhorns are sitting at 11, and there's not another Big 12 team or a team that they have to beat to win a championship in the top 10. Obviously, I think the Big 12 is typically under underrated when the season begins, I, I and the that. SEC tends to be overrated. Yep. But because I'm because you know. That. As I mentioned earlier, the timing is good because today we're in the uh, at number fourteen in the Ian Rod B Horn Top Twenty countdown, and we are fi- shining that spotlight on Kansas State. We have Kansas State at number fourteen in the countdown, and we're going to ta- talk into an insider with the Wildcats. I have to think Tim Fitzgerald, who will join us at nine thirty, will say that um, you know, Chris Kleiman and the the Wildcats a little bit feel like they're a little bit underappreciated after winning the Big Twelve mm-hmm. last year, and that's K State football bringing everybody back. Yeah, they kind of play <laughs> it with always that. Always has been K State football, right? <laughs> they play with that chip on the shoulder, yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, that's a good thing, but that's who the long that's the Longhorns' main competition. You obviously, you can't dismiss Texas Tech, can't dismiss you know TCU after what they did last year for Sunny Dykes, Oklahoma. Got to go win those games, but the Longhorns, I think, outside of the Alabama game week two, will be favored in every game they play this year. Yeah, I'll just give this as we're talking about favorites and preseason totals and wins and all that kind of stuff. The stat is <laughs> the last 13 years, uh, if since 2010, if you bet the under on Texas over under win totals, um, you would have been a big winner because Texas has gone under its preseason win total in 12 of the last 13 years. 2018 is the only year that they actually went over the over-under win totals the preseason. So Sark will be trying to do something, buck a trend that's only, you know, been, has only happened once in the last 13 years. That's and that would the, be Texas exceeding expectations or meeting expectations. They don't usually do that. Well, and their current uh, over-under win total in Vegas is nine and a half. There you go. So double digits. It's yeah, simple. Ten wins, Double digit wins. And that's ten and two in the regular season, and I think you're almost certainly playing in the Big 12 championship. I, if you're, ten, and if two. you're ten, and ten and two in the regular season, because I, I think most people, not everybody, assumes one of those losses will be Bama. Yes. If you beat Bama and still end up with two losses, that's going to upset Longhorn fans. Because well, if you beat that'll, Bama. That'll be really upsetting. Well, if you, lose, clearly, you beat Bama and then lose two Big 12 games somewhere along the way, it's like, hold on, what the? What the? Yeah, <laughs> if, you go, if you go into Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban and give him his first ever, well, his second ever non-conference home loss. In September? In September, yes, yeah. in September. Um, you know, Well, non-conference at home. Non-conference at home. The last time they lost at home in non-con was Louisiana Monroe his first year. That's crazy. Texas would be, that's 15 years ago, right? 16 years ago. Yeah. If Texas were to win that game, that changes everything. Now you're talking bigger picture stuff because you posted, you know, all of a sudden it would start to feel like, you know, the the Ohio State game 2005 kind of year where you went in there and beat that team like like Texas did against the Buckeyes in Columbus that year. And then the the bar goes up even higher. Like, come on, we, we, we can do... You know, the sky's the limit for what this team can be. But, yes, even with a competitive game there and a loss in Tuscaloosa, uh, a 10-2 and two season, not out of the question. You've got, that would give you one, one game of, uh, to stumble in the Big 12. But if you finish as a one-loss Big 12 team with one loss to Alabama, you'll be in, you'll be in that championship yeah. game and on your way to where you want to be. Uh, so we'll, all, we'll, we'll count them down, 18 days. We'll talk more about that Zach Martin deal. The other, Zeke Elliott has a new home. Dalvin Cook finally landed in New York after weeks of speculation and that tragedy involving Alex Collins. But right now, just before 6.15, our first hour, it's time to go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, to start Sark's media availability yesterday, and I would say I'll give Sark a lot of credit. He is, I don't know if we've had a coach as forthcoming uh, with information about 
scrimmages and, and such as Sarkis. I mean, he gives you details <laughs> about the scrimmage and what happened and who did what. We haven't had that in a while. God bless Mac, but Mac, he would just kind of um, – he filibuster kind of media availabilities, but wouldn't give you a lot of information. If Sark's going to filibuster, you get tons of information with that, too. He opened the media availability just by giving a recap of the scrimmage, which I thought was pretty damn informative. Here's Sark uh, with the opening uh, to the media availability yesterday. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of recap the scrimmage in a little bit as it pertained to today's practice. So, I, first of all, I thought it was a very good first scrimmage for us. Um, it was highly competitive. Uh, you know, one thing you always are concerned about going into a first scrimmage is a tackling. Um, and I felt like we tackled pretty good for our first scrimmage. I mean, I felt like we, we got people on the ground, obviously in the open field, we have some pretty elusive guys that can create some explosive plays. Uh, but it wasn't just a, an enormous amount of missed tackle. So I'm confident about that too. To come out of that thing injury free is always a positive for me. Like, you know, last year we know we lost a couple of guys for the season in that first scrimmage. Um, so that's always a concern. You know, I, I think a couple of things, you know, critically that I, that I talked to the team about first is, you know, we're in really good condition, right? We're, we, our guys can run, they're in great shape, but there's a difference in being able to run. And there's a difference in being in game shape. Um, you know, games last three and a half hours, right? You know, with, but when you're in the locker room and sideline and back in, and we have to condition ourselves better for that. And what I mean by that is maintaining a level of consistency in our play, maintaining the mental intensity needed in the second half, into the fourth quarter, maintaining that focus uh, so that we don't have some of the breakdowns that we didn't have early in the, in the, in the scrimmage. So that's something that we worked on today um, with the guys, and, and they really responded well. I told them today I was really proud of them, just the way they responded to um, – how taxing it was going in the afternoon and, and practicing for a little over two hours in the heat. And, and I thought the the last period was really well done by them. I, and he'll get into this a little bit later on too, but I do like that he talked about how he wants them to maintain the, the intensity and the focus all throughout practice. I think what he's hinting at is the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> that he wants his team to, you know, to crystallize their focus even more and kind of grow to a, a crescendo of intensity that doesn't happen in the second quarter, that maybe happens in the fourth quarter, that you're building to it. And that's why he talks about they're in great shape, but he wants them to be in great shape also for the fourth quarter. And we've talked about it. Texas outscored their opponent last season by 179 points combined in the first three quarters. But in the fourth quarter, they were outscored by their opponent in the fourth quarter and overtime combined uh, So last season. That is something that Sark wants to rectify this year. And I think a big part of that is the way he trains and practices the players. Yeah, I mean, uh, intensity all the way through. We talk about, uh, you know, elite performance in the critical moments of football games, and those are typically in the fourth quarter, and that's when you're at your hottest, you're at your your, your most fatigued or tired, and you have to embrace that and understand that uh, when, when those moments hit, that's when you've got to uh, really, you know, put the ears back and go get it and go play to that elite level. Uh, yeah, because it doesn't matter what you do in the first three quarters. It really doesn't. And the Longhorns have shown that over and over again under Steve Sarkeesian. They typically win the game plan battle at the start of a game, uh, have had leads at halftime and, and leads into the fourth quarter. they got to finish games if they're going to achieve what we're talking about. And there's Sark, you know, with, with still 18 days to go. 
still three weeks to go, really being able to grab that and, and embrace it uh, with his team. And I know he'll talk about it coming up more here behind the burnt orange curtain that uh, – you know, he was happy with how they responded to Saturday yep. mm-hmm. with a workout that they had yesterday in the middle of the afternoon in the Texas Heat, which that's how that game's going to be in 18 days with Rice, uh, Rod. I mean, that's a 2.30 kick. And uh, Sark said yesterday, you know, we don't get to pick the game times. You just have to play in them. <laughs> yeah, and he's doing a great job. He's He remarked about how he's changing up practice times because of that. Yeah. Because they're going to play at different times. He said he'd have every game at 8 a.m. in the morning where they where he likes to practice, but because they have to play at different times, he's moving the practice schedule around just to try to acclimate the guys to, you know, kind of the randomness of it. Sometimes you're going to play in the morning. Sometimes you're going to play in the afternoon. Sometimes you're going to play at night. Uh, you got that kind of schedule this year. Uh, the second piece of audio is start talking about the offense and the defense from the scrimmage and how uh, both of them had their, their bright spots. Uh, but he also gets into how, you know, some parts of the offensive scrimmage uh, that he was very critical of. Here is Steve Sarkeesian. Well, offensively, you know, naturally there's always things you, you want to clean up coming out of a scrimmage. You know, for us, Pre-snap penalties, you know, we need to improve. You know, we we were not clean. Uh, you know, pre-snap, as you as you guys know, we, we like to motion and shift and do different things before that ball snapped. And too many, you know, just false starts, illegal procedure stuff that that we can clean up. Um, you know, three turnovers Saturday. I, I think in just about 130 plays, um, which is which is too many um, for the offense. And so understanding the value of the football. But on the flip side, that's a real credit to the defense in creating those turnovers, okay? Um, an area where I know we can improve defensively is, you know, we're really making it a point to get after the quarterback, and, and we're seeing the effect of that. But we still have to understand our rush lanes, especially on third down. And so uh, that is definitely an area for us to clean up and, and, and try to minimize some of the quarterback scrambles that, that came into having big plays uh, on Saturday. Think that, uh, I think that rush lanes is that Arch Manning run. I we're believe talking about? he is <laughs> talking about Arch on that one. Later on, he, he he gets into some detail about Arch's performance in the scrimmage. But I believe, yeah, the fifty-five plus yard run. Um, yeah, I think he's talking about rush lanes. And by the way, going up against Alabama, they got three quarterbacks, and one of them, Jalen Milrow, can run. Yeah, <laughs> he can run, run. I wouldn't doubt even if one of the other quarterbacks for Bama wins the job, that Nick Saban wouldn't have some type of package just as a change of pace to throw in there, throw in there with Jalen Milrow as a rushing threat at quarterback. Why wouldn't you? Well, a lot of people were asking yesterday, how does Arch Manning break off a sixty-yard run? That would be it, right? If you bring out, you bring a blitz and doesn't get home, and all of a sudden he breaks contain and there's no one left, and he's a good athlete. And see you later. I mean, that's uh, how that can happen uh, for sure. And we'll hear more from Sark on that coming up. Uh, with with Arch's performance and what that means to the uh, to the backup quarterback job behind Quinn Ewers. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, we might as well just hear real quick. So we got a little time before sure. we got to go to break. Since we're talking about Arch and he does transition, uh, Sark does talking about the defense and how they need to be more disciplined in their pass rush lanes. Um, I think one of the uh, instances that he's discussing is that big Arch run. Here is Sark talking about Arch Manning's performance in the scrimmage this past weekend. A couple plays with his legs, you know, had a had a third down scramble early in the scrimmage uh, to an extended drive uh, on a third long, and then had a, on another third long had a long touchdown run right down the middle. Um, where like we're talking the defense, we we want to play more man coverage, um, we want to affect the quarterback, right? Um, but when you do that, and the defenders all have their backs turned, guarding their guarding their man, and you get out of your rush lanes, an athletic guy like Arch can can go split it, and he showed a. I think he hit 20, 20 miles an hour, which was pretty impressive. He didn't even know he could go 20 miles an hour. So 
That was a nice play by him. Arch hit 20. 20. MPHs? What? Rod they, did, Rod, they never had speed limits when no, you were running. No, they didn't have speed. the. They, they, they what basically do you, what do you have think like the body. Been? Yeah, they have like these body monitors now, so they can get exact speeds of the players. Um, so I, yeah, I, I probably, I, I definitely would have hit way faster than Arch Manning. <laughs> <laughs> I got so, Rod I mean, at twenty-four. Manning gets Arch, but he's hitting twenty miles per hour. If he's hitting twenty miles per hour, Rod B probably would have been like twenty-three, something it's, like that. Easy. I'm upset that none of the DBs can catch him. Come on, man. I mean, remember Cole McCoy pulling away from the Aggies yeah, uh, that, the that year? <laughs> We're like, damn, he pulled away from the Aggie DBs like that? I see that basically with Arch. If he can run 55-something yards, that means the DBs didn't have, didn't have an angle on him and they couldn't catch him. That's the bigger problem. Not that Arch isn't athletic. Arch is athletic, and that's great. I'm happy for him. 20 miles per hour. He can put that on his resume now. I'm more upset that them DBs out there couldn't catch him. Well, and of course— Come on uh, now. We have our local view here on uh, Austin's only local morning sports conversation on Ian Rod B, where we know he's battling Malik Murphy for the backup. But I saw the uh, New York Post version of this story. Oh, no. That says, oh, man, Arch Manning's incredible Texas <laughs> scrimmage includes explosive touchdown run. He could be battling for the starting job. That, of course, out of New York. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Talk Arch about Manning. Being uninformed. Yeah, well, it's the national narrative, and we've got the oh, local. No, they did that for the, for the spring, the spring oh, yeah. game, too. Well, they want it to be a competition so bad. Yeah, and it's like, that's yes. for clicks. That's for clicks and uh, without a doubt but arch has a bright future at texas i think that's safe to say and of course arch and his uh father cooper cooper was in town this weekend and archie i got it we got to get into this later because that's uh some behind the burn orange curtain stuff we'll get into some nfl but also the story old miss right is where archie went and cooper went did they pull the old reverse backdoor johnny on michael or is that what's going on with the tui family we got to get into that i can't believe the blind side got bet Backdoor got blindsided? <laughs> the blindside got blindsided? <laughs> the Tuies and Sandra Bullock did the backdoor Johnny on them? On him? Shady. Come on, man. That was some shady stuff, man. If it went down. Now we need a sequel. Because uh, they're, they're basically saying he didn't get any bread from the film. That he didn't get any money from it. Because hoodwinked him. Hoodwinked. Led astray. <laughs> run amok. I feel like we would have known about that by now, though. Yeah, it's, the timing's interesting. Um, why? Why? Because well, well, so, how so, would we so, have known about well, it? When the, movie, when the movie comes out, it came out like 10 plus years ago. Well, I think he may have assumed he was going to get some residuals from yeah, it at my one jack? point. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm going to get some. And then I'm with you. Why did why he wait so long? He should have just sued yeah, the them. movie came out 2000, right? Exactly. Long, like long 20, time ago. I don't know. Whenever it came out. Like long 23 time ago. years ago, that movie. Yeah, no, he, not 2000. That was like a 2011 to 2013. 2011, so like 10, probably, 12 yeah. years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he he's definitely had time. He, I think he assumed he was going to get some residuals from 2009, it. my bad. Yeah. 2009. So, so it's still 13 years ago. It's a while ago. 13, 14 years ago with the blind side. He wasn't worried about it when he was getting those NFL checks. That's true. Uh-huh. Well, That's a good point. Let's not forget because... Uh, <sighs> it's ugly. It's an ugly story. Remember who his high school coach was when he was playing there in uh, in Memphis? Oh yeah, um, he's playing. He's coaching uh, Big Hugh 12 Freeze. now. Yeah, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hugh Freeze was his coach. Yes. Yeah, what? he was. Reverse backdoor Johnny. I'm telling you, hoodwink, blindsided. I know, they, they tried to make it seem like the coach was some imbecile, and right. <laughs> we didn't Bullock, know what the hell he was doing. Coach. And it's like, hey, it's Hugh Freeze. They tried to make it seem like he was some some idiot. They didn't know what the hell he was doing. He's like, oh, that guy can coach ball. Well, we'll get bit. to the story on that coming up. Oh, with, that's with, not uh, cool, The blindside and not the, the cool. lawsuit filed yesterday. More on the Longhorn scrimmage. 18 days to the start of the season. More on Zach Martin. Said he is uh, very grateful. They're working out a deal with Jerry Jones. He went straight to the top on Saturday and got a deal done. Uh, details coming. We're just getting warmed up. Five hours, five days a week here on E and Rod B. Come right back. 
Austin's all sports leader. Inch by inch. Aaron Hogan. Play by play. Rod Babers. Till we're finished. The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Rod B rolling on. Make sure you're watching on our YouTube channel as well. That thing's cranking up. Appreciate everybody subscribing to that or becoming a, a follower of our YouTube channel at Horn FM. You can watch the show there. Of course, we've got you locked in on the Twitch camera at hornfm.com on the Horn app, AM 1260 and 101.9 FM as well, five hours, five days a week. And what at the time out, we were talking about the uh, Michael Orr conversation on the heels of our Texas football chatter. That's sad, man. Sad story. Yeah, and yeah, Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Hugh Freeze was the coach for Michael Orr at Briarcrest Christian School, where <laughs> Hugh joined the staff way back in the early '90s. And of course, he was depicted in the book, and the, the the book then became the major motion picture, The Blind Side, which came out in '09. And Michael Orr, of course, the offensive tackle, was the uh, the story. Remember, Michael Lewis wrote the book, The Blind Side. Michael Lewis also wrote Moneyball which was the uh, the Oakland A story for Major League Baseball, but the blind side, how it changed football, and Michael Orr, the story, and then it got Hollywoodized and glamorized by Hollywood with uh, Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw and all the, the actors who... Tim McGraw. Yeah, Tim McGraw played the dad. <laughs> but yeah, Hugh Freeze was at, at Briarcrest. So, you know, if this Michael Orr lawsuit, which was filed yesterday, has any, any merit, then, uh, you know, everybody was cashing in on old Michael Orr because Hugh Freeze, you know where he became an assistant coach first, was Ole Miss, right? So he kind of followed Michael Orr to Ole Miss after he got his scholarship there, and they went through the process of getting him there. But, yeah, Michael Orr is suing uh, his family, the Tui family, as we said, depicted in the movie by Tim McGraw and Sandra Bullock, but suing the real family, Sean and Leanne Tui, claiming they used him, made millions off his name, and he got nothing. And it really centered us around the fact that when he was 18 years old, they never adopted him like they claimed that they did. And the movie said that they adopted him. Instead, they... He says they tricked him into signing documents that make him his con- make conservator? them his conservators, kind yeah. of in Britney Spears mold. Mm-hmm. As conservators, or claims they deprived him of his rights to his name, image, and likeness. Ah, uh, yeah, that term again. Well, because the conservatorship gave them the authority to handle all of his financial and legal affairs. If they had adopted him, he would have retained those rights, and that's the key difference in the wording: conservatorship versus adoption. They made millions off the movie along with their two uh, kids. Two, two kids. Yeah. Or claims he got nothing. Zip. Zilch. So he's suing for. Uh, Man. Being. Yeah. I wonder how close he was with the family after the movie was made. Was he still close or in contact with the family? I don't know. That's what I. There's a lot of questions about the details of the relationship that I have now. But there's no doubt it's. It's unethical what they did. Is it illegal? Well, that's his I, claims I, make them seem unethical. They say Sean Tui is denying that the family made any money off the movie. 
Or oh, he they said ever, they made no money. Yeah, he says we didn't make any money. Well, they have to make some money. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I have read a story where the kids, his own kids, got like a quarter million each. Exactly. Like, you made some money. Don't say you didn't make Yeah, because according to Darren Ravel, he said the blind side had a budget of $30 million, grossed $300 million at yeah. the box office. Based on the standard cut, the movie netted roughly $175 million. The Tui children reportedly got $225,000 plus 2.5% of net proceeds. Um, that would be around four point six million each, if that's indeed the way that it went down. I think he's just speculating and theorizing exactly what happened. Um, Sandrick Bullock was paid five million dollars for her role in the movie, so who knows? I mean, who? Only the family knows how much money they got, and I think that's the whole point. Why Michael Orr? He's like, I got nothing. But when <laughs> usually when they do movies like that, they buy the rights to like the book. So I don't, I don't see how the family could just get that much money. I'd like two point five million dollars each is a lot of money. Yeah. That's well, what Darren Ravel reports. Yeah. So well, well, Darren Ravel. Uh, well, I mean, I wonder if there's been negotiations or whatnot because because even again, this is there's two sides to this story. And Sean Tui says that he and the family have remained close with Michael Orr until about a year and a half ago when the rift began. So this will get decided. Unfortunate because I think we've all seen the blind. Did you like the Blind Side as a movie? I will declare that I, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Um, I. Man, I've not watched it once. I never watched. I never rewatched it, and that was a long. I was like when it first came out. A long. I mean, time it ago. was heartwarming, but you could so, tell it was glamorized. Well, I could just tell cool you that it, I didn't like it that much because I never rewatched it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it's always hokey. Movie. I'm gonna rewatch it at least once. I never rewatched it. It was on cable. I never rewatched it. I always just pass over it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was some some heartwarming parts to it, and obviously tragic parts of where you know the the depiction of his upbringing and family and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, Sandra Bullock in high heels walking around a football field, bossing around the football coaches. Come on. Come on <laughs> Look, uh, you can't suspend disbelief for that yeah, long. Yeah, come, come on. Come on. Come on. I know some of these, uh, mm. I would know this, some of these Westlake moms, Lake Travis moms, they'd like to get out there and give the coach a piece of their mind a little bit during football practice, right? That's not allowed. That's, that's that not is not they allowed. They would love to. No. They would love to. Yes, that's correct. If allowed, they would love to yes. come out there and yes. say, hey, coach, you don't know what you're doing. Well, we've had can. we've had the coaches have to tell some dads to. Oh yeah, oh, I'm, to I'm step sure. on. Sure, y'all aren't allowed at practice. Anymore. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that's at every level of football. Oh, Middle yeah. school, uh, you know, help pee wee league. Yeah, you got to. The, the dad coach is notorious uh, for infamous. I, I should say. I love the little league <laughs> baseball league that made the rule. Maybe it was ladies, the young girl softball that they had a you had to sign a contract before the season started. And if you were criticizing the official, the the referee, you had to take over. Like you would have to, refer- I love that you would have idea. to umpire a game. I love that idea. You'd have to step you, in and actually get. You, you think know, you could do a better job? Yeah, jump in. Come here. down here and do it. Yep. And then everybody will be you know, heckling you and talk, talking trash to you the whole time. Yeah, yeah I love it. Hey, uh, before we get to the Zach Martin story, any surprise that the running back dominoes fell yesterday? We've just been waiting on because Zeke Elliott, Patriots, one year deal. Dalvin Cook, one year deal. Jets, and now the question is, will Josh Jacobs? With the Vegas Raiders, go ahead. Apparently, there's a $10.1 million deal on the table for Josh, the league's leading rusher from a year ago. Um, most say most are saying ten million in, for how long? One year. One year. Yeah, I love how you don't you don't own running backs. You want to rent them. You want to lease. Are, you want to lease rent. a running back. You do not want to own. These a are running like back. boats. Running backs <laughs> yeah, are like boats. <laughs> yeah. There are certain things in life you want to own. Certain things in life you want to lease and rent. Yeah, you want to lease and rent running backs. You don't want to own them. Just it depreciates in value too quickly yeah. to own it. It's just a bad. 
bad yeah, asset to own. Yeah, there's a lot of maintenance. <laughs> they get hurt a lot. They do get hurt a lot. Yeah. Short career span, so short lifespan, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what everybody's decided. We're going to rent that running back. Nobody wants to own one. And the running backs, they want. You know, they want stability. They want a, a contract that shows not only what they're worth, but also that the team is willing to invest in him. No team willing to invest right now long term in a running back. Uh, we'll see. Bijan will, will be the test, and Jameer Gibbs will be the next test about it because Jonathan Taylor, he ain't getting what he wants either. We yeah, know we'll that now. We'll see where that market changes. But, yeah. you know, because the running backs themselves would like it to be a lease with an option to buy, right? We want you to buy it eventually. <laughs> yeah, lease with an option to <laughs> we, buy. We'd love you to actually go ahead and plunk <laughs> us down and lock us in. And Isn't it, no, 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 they're no. like, nah, we good. Isn't it weird that they all made their decision? Like, they all signed yesterday. Jonathan Taylor came back to camp yesterday. Well, I think there's a time. That's why I say I think the dominoes, there's timing to it. The first preseason game's over. And these are veteran players, too, so that the you, – you you went to training camp a lot many yeah, times, right? I mean, they, the, the grind of training camp is over, too. Those two-a-days. Yes, yeah. The, they're, they're about to make a cut, and then, you know, yeah, now the vets. Rosters right. are going to shrink down. Yeah. There's only two more preseason games. So if you're going to be – if you're going to play this season, you want to get your get yourself ready, get your mm-hmm. so get in game shape, get into one of these next two games, maybe both, and uh, the timing makes sense. Think about the Cowboys, right? Okay. They were they were out in Oxnard for a month. They come back, they play that Jacksonville game. They're mm-hmm. going to stay at the Star Complex now for the rest of camp. And Zach Martin's like, okay, I'm good. I didn't have to go to California. <laughs> I just kind of chilled here. I missed the hardest <laughs> part of camp. We're good. <laughs> I, I knew Jerry would come back, so I went and met with Jerry before that. And Zach Martin, by the way, arrived at the teens' training camp compound on uh, camp complex up there in Frisco on Monday after agreeing mm-hmm. the, to the reworked deal. It was Todd Archer of ESPN who reported that uh, he and ahead of the Jacksonville game Saturday, he and Jerry Jones went face to face and sat down and. That's where you want to get Jerry, right? You want to get him. That's Demarcus Lawrence did it too. That's how he remember he got that little deal, that little bump because he he talked to Jerry. You got to talk to Jerry. You talk to Jerry one on one, and Jerry gets sentimental. Yeah, you get Jerry sentimental. Like Jerry, you know I love it here, man. I want to retire a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy for the rest of my life. It's kind of like when Zeke finally came <laughs> back from Cabo, right? He kind of finally came back from Cabo and sat with the old Sarah man. Jerry <laughs> sat with the old man and got that deal done. Go face to face. That's how you do it with Jerry, man. Jerry, Jerry's a sentimental guy. You got to tug at them heartstrings a little bit. He's, he's emotional. He does, and you know what? I I I don't know why you know Jerry wanted to play a little bit of hardball with Zach Martin, but I respect it. You know, he's he's trying to. He's trying to basically set an example of guys at his age, which is his third contract he would be working on, or extension he'd be working on, something like that with the Cowboys. And at his age, Jerry Jones did not want to set a precedent for guys being able to uh, come back to negotiate a new deal with that much time left on their contract, where he got two years left on his contract. But you got to make exceptions for elite players, for great players. Zach Martin's a surefire Hall of Famer. He was the eighth highest paid guard in the NFL at the time. Now he's third, I believe. Um, and that is probably a little bit more respectable. Yeah. Yes, for the best guard, arguably, in all the NFL. When I said all through this process, he's, he understands the window for him to get that one more nice chunk of change is, is going to close because Micah Parsons is going to get a bunch of money. C.D. Lamb needs signed. They're going to mm-hmm. rework Dak's contract next year. And, and there's also the leverage game where if you sit down with the old man and you're Zach Martin, he he knows. He can say, hey, you know what your backup line looks like, right? You know what these new number twos are looking like, and mm-hmm. you know what division you play in, and you know what the bar of expectation is this year. You, we Zach Martin and his agent understood, you're all in. We're all in. You went and got Stephon yep. Gilmore. You went and got Brandon Cooks. You re-signed all the key free agents on defense and brought Dan Quinn back. 
we understand what the bar is. Let's not mess around with this. Let's get Zach Martin in camp, make sure he's in good game shape to start the season in, in a few weeks, and they get that deal done. Not a surprise. Probably played out the way it was going to play out. As for, for Zeke, I mean, I know that's your favorite player. You have a dog named Zeke. Okay. Are, you, are you heartbroken that you're going to see him in a New England Patriots uniform now starting uh, – uh, on Sundays in the fall? Nope, I already ordered my number fifteen New England Patriots Zeke jersey, <laughs> so I'm bought in. Yeah, I'm, a, Zeke, I'm now. I'm guess I'm a Patriots fan now. Zeke had the tweet fifteen because that's the number he wore at Ohio State, if you remember. Zeke, and Zeke. he shaved his head yesterday too. Oh, he had the big, uh, the big Zeke fro. Well, no, yeah, like, yeah, he's got a nice little taper fade now. No, yeah. it's just it's a nice little fade. I'm I excited. Saw, for saw him. the picture of it. You know, see him in a different system. I'm sure Bill Belichick will, you know, use him in the right right way. Bill O'Brien. Well, you, you know, both of them together. <laughs> well, and I, I think Zeke is basically now a fullback. I don't. I mean, he's basically needs to just on. become a fullback. He is. Come he's on. a short yardage back, right? He's great in pass protection, and he's a short yardage back, and he's great on the goal line. That's all attributes of a fullback. He's basically a fullback now. So just turn him into a fullback. He's just a great fullback. Hell, Shanahan might bring him in in two years and be like, you know what, Zeke? You're just a great fullback. You can be a top five fullback. You and Juszczyk. But as what? a tailback, as a halfback. Juszczyk, that's what he is now. Juszczyk. He is. He is. Basically, Maybe look at him. He's short yardage, goal line, and pass protection. That's what – that dude, Juszczyk's better than that, actually. Juszczyk can go out and run routes. Oh, he's it. still a pass catcher. But huh? I was going to ask you, what percentage of the carries do you think he's going to get? They have Ramondre Stevenson, who in his second year last year was a 1,000-yard rusher. Yeah, I think he'll be situational. I think short yardage and goal line, and like he's he can run routes too in certain situations. Yeah, I think it'd be a, he'll, yeah. and, and that's how Bill Belichick uses players, right? They, he 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 won't ask Zeke to do things he can't do these days. Agreed. He'll ask him to play to his strengths, and he still has some. He scored twelve touchdowns last year for the yeah. Cowboys. No, I'm not saying that Zeke is you know obsolete and you know uh, scrubbed by anything. I'm saying like he does need he's transitioning. Yeah, I think that's to a, a nice new fit. phase of yeah. his. He's not the every down career. back. That's Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, the young back from Oklahoma. Uh, who's going to get that opportunity there? And I think you know, for for the Jets to get uh, Dalvin Cook is huge insurance for Brees Hall because Brees Hall's nine months post knee surgery, right? I mean, mm-hmm. nine ten months. I mean, how, what we saw the Cowboys do this last year with Michael Gallup and the Jets, you know, with their roster and Aaron Rodgers, they want to be in the mix big time this year. Uh, so Dalvin Cook, you know, still twenty eight years old to get him on a one year deal. It's a rental, right? You're you're not buying. Oh yeah. Which means here's the other thing with that with a young running back like Brees Hall who's still on his rookie contract, Rod. You don't have to rush Brees Hall. You can you no. can be patient with Brees Hall. I agree. And you know, r- run the tires off your rental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, let Dalvin Cook, you know, t- fill that until until Brees Hall is absolutely ready to go. And uh, the Jets will be in that mix too. And again, the Josh Jacobs story in Vegas is the next you know running back domino that needs to to be solved. And I, I would imagine these two deals getting done yesterday may lead to that being uh, the case. With the Vegas Raiders. All right, so uh, Rod Babers with good stuff right there from the NFL. We'll get back to some Cowboys chatter. We'll also get some facts of the day. Yes, the Rangers lead the Astros by three and a half games now, Rod. I love your Astros hat, by the way. If you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, that is great. The old Old Astrodome, that is a Mm -hmm. great-looking hat. Uh, Thank you, brother. But the Astros three and a half back. If you're a Ranger fan, you got to feel great about Max Scherzer last night. We'll get into that Justin Verlander conversation with them, but also – uh, schedules the rest of the way. We're getting to that point here, mid-August now, Rod. Favor the Astros in the run mm-hmm. to September. We'll get you details on that coming back in the uh, Ian Rod B. Facts of the Day. Yeah, get those motors running, get in the car line. It's back to school again. We told you yesterday it was AISD and uh, uh, Maynard, I believe, were the two big ones back in yesterday. Today, 
A lot of youngsters and administrators and teachers back to class. Round Rock, Pflugerville, Hayes, San Marcos, Dripping Springs, Giddings, and Luling all back to school on this 15th. And then another group tomorrow. I think by Thursday, everybody's back in school. Uh, so good luck. Get after it. Traffic will be uh, obviously up through the Round Rock, Pflugerville area, down through Hayes and Dripping Springs, San Marcos. Buses will be running. Um, traffic will be uh, up and, and maybe oh, get an early start wild, on man. that for sure. That is, that is a fact, Rod, as we get into our <laughs> Ian Rod B. Facts of the morning. Traffic is about to uh, snarl back. Yeah, don't let the road rage get you guys, because road rage leads to accidental racism, and you don't want to be an accidental racist. I love racist. your take on accidental racism. It's true. It's, uh, it does happen. You don't want to be that. Nobody wants to be that person, so watch the road rage. And if you if you do get road rage, Patrick has a great take about road rage. He says if you do have road rage and you want to you know dog cuss somebody and cuss them out, he says try to do it in your favorite foreign accent, and you'll <laughs> laugh at yourself, and you'll stop screaming oh, obscenities at another person. That's a great idea, Patrick Davis, with our afternoon oh, it's show brilliant. the Sports it's, Complex. Yeah, he, he told me that on the ball and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And it does work. It does work. You cannot take yourself seriously. What do you break into? Try, it, you can do a Jamaican. I usually go Jamaican. And then, it, <laughs> and then I just laugh at myself. I'm like, well, I'm cussing somebody out oh, in the fake Jamaican sure. accent. And then, you know, there you go. I'm going to go with my best Peaky Blinders. I'm going there all, you go. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I'm going all Peaky Blinders. And then you'll laugh. And then instead of the road rage taking over your emotions, you'll kind of feel this sense of joy because you're laughing at yourself and then you realize how silly you are for yelling at another human being at a, through a car and giving them the middle finger and that kind of stuff. So there you go. It's Avoid like, the road rage. It's kind of like UNFL guys and football players who start punching people with helmets on. I always think that's Yes. Like, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just overcome with emotion and anger. Right. And you just, you don't even, you're not even think it's straight. You're like, oh man, that didn't hurt him. Or the guy that takes like his hell. helmet off and wants to fight. He's like, why, why, oh, why take your yeah, helmet off? That's that. stupid too. You got that's the protection. headgear. <laughs> you got the headgear. No doubt. Yeah. There you go. Uh, before we get to the uh, baseball side of our facts of the day, can we uh, say some thoughts and prayers to the family of Alex Collins, the running back, who only 28 years oh, old. You know, we're talking about Zeke Elliott signing a new deal. Dalvin yeah. Cook, only 28 years old. Alex Collins was a, a great running back at Arkansas, five years in the NFL, and was killed Sunday night in a motorcycle accident that, mm. unfortunately, Rod, sounds a lot like the Cedric Benson incident that happened here in Austin where he was on a motorcycle and someone made a left turn in front of him. Yeah, and he couldn't couldn't navigate that, and ended up. Uh, the, the The police report says that he ended up in the SUV, like oh he went God. through the window, a side window, and that's where he ended up and lost his life. And investigation ongoing. The the driver of the SUV who, who turned left um, stayed on scene and um, was, was answering questions. But yes, a young life caught. Uh, you know, those motorcycles can be dangerous. Same time, uh, look out for the motorcycles when you're out there as Please well. Please do. Yep. Alex Collins, very, very sad. That is a According to the story. Broward County Sheriff's Department, only 28. Uh, very sad. Also on the baseball facts, Rod, the, uh, the, the Rays and their talented young shortstop, Wander Franco, have oh, yeah. agreed for Franco to be put on the restricted list. Major League Baseball, along with the Rays, now investigating uh, the claims made on social media of his potential involvement with a, an underage young lady, a minor. Uh, which obviously would be a a, Come on, man. a bad situation, but that's one of those. Mm. Let it play out. We'll see where it goes. It's it's a he she she said he said, and it's really just somebody on social media putting out some pictures. It was the pictures that looked don't they, look good they for Wander Franco. That, that did not look good, man. You, it, doesn't look good. 
I mean, they they obviously they don't that you know they don't say give you the entire picture of what happened, so we don't know exactly what the relationship is between them. But yeah, man, the pictures didn't look good. Well, no, let's throw that out there. He's not playing for the Rays right he, now. And he probably shouldn't be. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's got other things to worry about. What do you have for us in facts of the day? Uh, all right, so Rangers fans will like this little factoid uh, about Max Scherzer. Got a couple of these. So since allowing three runs in his first inning with the Rangers, Max Scherzer has since allowed just one run over his next 19 innings. Uh, and obviously last night, seven innings pitched. Uh, that one hit, 11 strikeouts. I mean, he's a man on a mission right now. He is just the fourth pitcher in the modern era with three-plus wins, 20-plus innings pitched, uh, and four or fewer runs allowed, and 26 Ks in his first three games with a new franchise. The other pitchers, Randy Johnson in 1998 with H-Town, Justin Verlander, with H Town in 2017 and Jim Bunning, 1964 with Philly. Scherzer also uh, recorded his sixth career game with 10 plus strikeouts and one hit or fewer allowed. Uh, that ties for the fourth most by any pitcher since 1893. The other Ooh, pitchers on that list: Nolan Ryan, hey. Randy Johnson, Justin Verlander. Okay, so he's a, <laughs> he's in some rarefied air right now. Well, man. and both of those guys, you know, Verlander had to put out a statement yesterday because apparently there was. You know, he claims it was constructive criticism, but apparently a story in the New York in one of the New York papers that, you know, Verlander was a bit bit grouchy about the Mets analytics department that wasn't up to par with what he was used to in Houston, that the analytics and the scouting of other teams and batters oh, yeah. not where it needed Get, to be. Hmm. He complained about it. He he was painted in the article as disgruntled. But he's put out a statement and said, hey, nothing but love for the Mets. I was just trying to help. Help him out. Yeah, like, yeah y'all behind the times. <laughs> yeah, y'all so are y'all way know. behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's t- why you suck <laughs> with the highest payroll ever in baseball. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy is trying to do the same thing with Washington right now. Yeah, like, hey, well, the man, you're coaching son. us too hard. It's like, no, y'all suck. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and, and, and so Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, I've said over and over again, if we don't get a Rangers-Astros series come to, to October, it'll be a shame for the fans. But here is the important fact. If you're an Astros fan and you're three and a half back and you're thinking, oh, geez, um, you know, three and a half back now. Give me some good news. Well, so schedule. Schedule is uh, an important one. We've got the music playing, so I'll get you these numbers coming up. The Astros schedule is one of the three most favorable in the American League the rest of the way. The Rangers, one of the three toughest schedules the rest of the way. And it does include a head-to-head series with the Astros and Rangers in Arlington. Oh, yeah. That will be critical. That comes up Labor Day weekend. At the Gilf. Yes, up mm-hmm. at the Gilf. Uh, Labor Day weekend. Mark that down. Obviously, it's already marked because the Longhorns are playing Rice and the college football season opens that weekend. But, yeah, Rangers-Astros from Globe Life, their last series of the year. I'll get you the schedule details coming up on the other side. Those are some facts from your Tuesday morning. We'll also get back into those headlines. Talking Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns 18 days to the start of the season. We are one hour down. Four more to go. Five days a week here on E and Rod B on the Horn. Find us on our YouTube page at hornfm.com, on the Horn app at 101.9 FM, and, of course, at AM 1260. All places to find Austin's only local morning sports conversation here on the Horn.